G'day everybody, and for those who are coming late, you're listening to X-Band Defense Podcast. He washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck, and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty, and all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The man come. The ghost who walks. The man come. Enemies beware. The phantom's always there, but you won't find the phantom. Hello, we are the Chronicle Chamber team, and this is X-Band the Phantom Podcast. Our website is chroniclechamber.com, and you can contact us via our email, which is chroniclechamber at gmail.com. We are on uh, social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. You can also subscribe to us for our latest podcasts on YouTube or your various favorite apps, including iTunes and Spotify. Now, today, this is episode 218, and we are going to be having another chat with another fan slash creator. We had one of these in uh, 2016, and it was very, very popular. And so we decided to revisit it. And today we are with Matt. But before we go to Matt, we are going to check in with Dan, who has joined us. Welcome, Dan. How are you? Yeah, good, Jim. It's good to be back. I've um, been a bit hit and miss with the podcast lately. But uh, when you messaged today to say you were talking to Matt tonight, um, I thought, well, I've got to get the kids to bed. I don't care how many Friday night football games are on. They're both boring. And uh, so the kids are in bed at quarter time and I'm here to talk to Matt and I'm delighted to do so. Uh, it's good to see you got your priorities all sorted. And we're doing it on a Friday night before Mother's Day. So that way we can have Saturday, Sunday with the wives and our mums and stuff like that as well. So it's, thank you for joining us. Uh, and so, Matt, how are you, sir? Mm. Oh, thank you. Um, look, that was very touching, Dan. I appreciate that very much. So I feel the same way. <laughs> thank you, Jim, for uh, inviting me on. I, you know, as I, as I've said off off camera, I hope that your your readers aren't getting sick of me, your your viewers, but um, they're not getting too fatigued. Well, like I said, if the numbers are down on our listeners and stuff like that, maybe you are, you know, maybe they are, and then we'll never have you on again. But um, this I'm might sure be they my, my, my swan song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it won't be the case because um, everyone that I've everyone that I've talked to has, has said they enjoyed getting and talking from phantom perspectives. Who is both a fan and a creator, yeah. and you are a very deep thinker when it comes to phantom. Um, and I guess I'll back up a little bit. One of the reasons why we did do this is because. You did a, uh, a fabulous donation uh, for UNICEF for the Ukraine, and that raised over $300. Um, so when we did the video, uh, you agreed to do a video. I sold it to you as we'll spend maybe five, maybe 10 minutes on, on you know, connected on, on the phone, on Zoom and stuff like that. I told my wife that, you know, it might be half an hour. Two and a half hours later, we finally said goodbye, and... A lot of the stuff we talked about is hopefully what we're going to discuss tonight. So I absolutely love that um, topic. I know Dan was very jealous when I just spent, when I said that I spent two and a half hours talking with you uh, about a lot of these topics that he likes as well. So we thought, what better than do a podcast and then everyone else can crack open a beer or a glass of milk and uh, enjoy the conversation with us. And hopefully it won't be two and a half hours. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so I guess for those who have come in late, um, 
in about one, two minutes, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your age, and yep. um, and then we can kind of go from there. Sure thing. All right. Well, I guess um, people would probably know me from the two stories I've previously had published um, from through, through. So there was um, A Day at the Races, which had a 1930s Ray Moore Lee Falk kind of nostalgia to it, which is what I was trying to achieve. And then I worked with Shane Foley and we created uh, Diana and the Heartbreakers Gang, which we, we tried to step it forward a decade. So it had a bit of a 1940s feel, uh, Wilson McCoy. Um, um, I wrote that one and Shane illustrated it. Um, at the moment in the shops, you can find part one of our new story, um, The Issue of Eloise. But as far as me personally, you know, I'm, um, I'm, a, I'm a Phantom fan from... 1988 when i picked up my first phantom comic and i was already sort of aware of the phantom from some family friends but yeah i just i don't know what it is about the phantom we've spoken spoken about this before it's his integrity the fact that he's you know a white hat superhero he never does anything wrong ever um it just yeah i just instantly fell in love with the character and the supporting casts and as you can imagine diana because virtually all my stories are about diana um so yeah 42 now still love the phantom um and very happy to be here talking about him with you guys so quick question i know you've got a, a love a love for diana did you did you were you able to name your daughter diana or <laughs> well, I don't have a daughter. A oh you don't have a daughter what about so is was that kind of like on the cards or look i i don't know like Diana, Diana is a very special character to me. I, I think, um, you know, probably one of my favourite female um, fictional characters. And, you know, I feel very, very honoured to have been able to incorporate her in, in my stories. And, you know, when the opportunity came to write a phantom story, it just sort of it became a strong theme for me almost immediately. But I want to write a really good Diana story where... She doesn't just get kidnapped and she she doesn't just appear at the very beginning and the end. I want her in it. And, you know, people who've read that that story, the the um that the races, Diana is actually the main character in it. Like the Phantom kind of takes a back seat. He's still, you know, prominent in the story, but it's really it is a Diana story. Mm. And then when um opportunity knocked again and I had a chance to write my second story, I just I sort of fell into the same the same trap, well, not a trap, the same same area, same themes. You know, Diana, again, was front and centre. And, you know, she was on the cover as well. Like, Kit wasn't on the cover. Um, so yeah, it, would, would I name my daughter Diana? I don't know. I think since Diana was created, we've also had Princess Diana, I think. Um, <laughs> but then again, like, my son's Harry. And everyone says, oh, did you name him after Harry Potter? No. Did you name him after Prince Harry? No. <laughs> you, you probably don't want to die in it. Oh, so so with, the, with the issue with Heloise, is this, because that's not a Diana story, but you is, is this you looking to explore the, the, the younger generation of female character? Like it's a yes, ab absolutely. Um, and it's funny, I was thinking about, what we might discuss um, in tonight's podcast, and I was thinking about my my experience or my my view on kitten Heloise, and you know, in the eighties and nineties when I was younger, I used to hate stories which had mm. kitten Heloise. Mm. I, I couldn't stand them, 
I didn't like the phantom having children. I, as, a, as, a, as a teenager and as a child and a, and a teenager, I found those stories really boring. You know, the phantom goes to Eden and he's spending time with the kids and just so boring. And, <laughs> and also the fact that they were, they were babies for like, you know, for decades. So I just couldn't stand it. But now, now what Tony DePaul's doing with those characters and now that they've grown up a bit, I just absolutely love them. I think that they're the most exciting thing about the Phantom at the moment. They are the future of the Phantom. They always have been, but now that they're older and they're having their own adventures. They're on the cusp of it, aren't they? Oh, just, it, this is a golden age for the Phantom, absolutely. So I, I really love them, both of them. We'll mm. talk a little bit more about Kitten Halloways and the 22nd Phantom yeah. soon because that is one of the subjects that I do want to talk about. Um, so i got a question because you and Duncan are very similar in the sense that you are exploring the mythos of Rex as well. Yeah. Mm. And the whole Misty Mountains and all that. So the obvious question is, are you on Team Princess Alicia or Team Captain Lara for who ends up with Rex? I don't want to. I don't want to have a fight with Duncan. <laughs> you know, I, I I love Duncan. I think he's fantastic. You know, we when when he and I chat, we 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 chat like we chat hard, <laughs> and you know, I think we're we we're big fans of each other. You know, we've got this mutual respect thing happening, um, and I've I've told you, I've actually said it in on on film um, in my review that. His, his story was my favourite story of last year because he gets the Phantom. Mm. You know, he's a real student of the Phantom. But where he is way, way off <laughs> is Alicia. Oh. Now, if, if you want to have... No, I, it, Dun Duncan is a terrifyingly large man as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on Princess Alicia bandwagon. Are you? Yeah. How dumb. I just I don't know maybe it's maybe you know maybe it's the the blonde princess that gets me you know every man's dream but um <laughs> but no I don't know Captain Lara just never did it for me yeah well I'll, I'll uh, put my hand on the table as Captain Lara as well because uh, <laughs> hey, it's oppositional to germ which is important <laughs> but but also no just there's the there's the thrill there, and it's a bit different. It, it's we always talk about the Phantom always being completely true and honest and honourable and all the rest of it. Surely Prince Rex can have a dalliance. Yeah, I, I just think as well. Like Alicia is is the perfect character for a writer to always get kidnapped and need saving. Mm. And Lara is the perfect character to always you know kick butt and and to be an exciting you know character and like rex isn't going to be a phantom rex stories you know are off in a separate sort of angle so it doesn't yeah. really matter like who who he goes with um and it doesn't impact on the phantom legacy but i i just think like from a story from a fan's point of view and from a storytelling view i just think lara is just loaded with you know like interesting scenarios and um yeah but no, no, you know, no offense to, to Jim or to uh, Duncan or anyone else who's on Team Alicia. Like, you know, Falk created her, and that was maybe the original plan. But yeah, I don't know. Just I'm, that's where I'm, we look, I'm looking forward to next time you meet Duncan and after Duncan's listened to this. And um, 
Well, it's uh, funny because, you know, I, I wrote that story um, at the beginning of 2020. Oh, wow. You know, like things take a long time to, to come out. And I'm not sure if you're, you're you know, your, your audience know that, but sometimes it can be really frustrating because you have a story and you're ready to go and you've got the art team ready. And it just, it's, the process is so slow. So after writing my story, you know, I read Duncan's story where it was yeah. all about Alicia. And I thought, oh God, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't mean, because obviously my story is going to come out far, you know, later than his story. When, when it was published, I realised my story wouldn't be out for a long time. Mm. And my story wasn't written to counter his story. Mm. You know, they, they existed separately. But, yeah, I... Um, so, so just to clarify, that's two and a half years between when you submitted the issue with Heloise um, to Fru and now we're seeing part one. Yes. here in may of 2022 yeah there's a long wait you know mm. they've, 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 as you know from talking to like jason paulus and people like that they've, they've got a lot of material yeah and i also in my experience through don't seem to want to um they don't want to proceed with anything while you've already got something on the go well, I know that, that that varies. I know Duncan's probably got a, like a whole bunch of things on the go, but the way I've worked with them is that they didn't want me to start anything until the previous thing was out. So, you know, I had a very, very long wait between um, my first two stories. Yep. But that's not because it took a long time to make it. Like I had that second story ready to go, you know, but, you know, it just went on the schedule. And yep. then, you know, I, I pitched... The current story to them and you know they they just weren't ready for it you know they wanted to wait until the um diana and heartbreakers came out and then they want then they greenlit it so you know i've actually i've got two stories sort of just sitting in limbo well now i've got one story sitting in limbo now because the issue of Halloween's finally started to come out but i've got a story which focuses on kit so oh, nice. yeah two stories about diana Story about Heloise and now my kid story. So hopefully you don't have to wait two years to see that. Any chance at some point you can write a story about the Phantom, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> Look, he's, he's, as a secondary character, yeah. Because <laughs> one thing, and I, I've said this on the podcast before, one thing, if I was to be critical of Lethal, is that he never, he never established or went into a lot of detail with secondary characters yeah um and and that's one thing that i've liked about what what tony DePaul's done in the last you know 10 15 years is with it you know really hitting the straps um you know you've done it with with diana with heloise in this story and um and then, and then duncan has done it as well is um is and even even um pity anderson's done it with um the uh, yeah, the 19th Phantom and Julie, um, yeah, uh, Jane. Sorry, and so it, it's kind of like there's there, there's so many rich characters out there, and I think for the, the the character to go forward, you need to be able to develop these yeah. secondary and third level characers. I and completely agree, and, and it's something that yeah, you guys have you've done really well, and I, I've been enjoying it. Like yeah, you're right, the Phantoms is a, is a backup character in here, but. Um, you know, and, and I love the banter between uh, Kit and Heloise, you know, for the first page and a half and 
and, and and stuff like that. It was just it was golden. Anyone who's got brothers or sisters, just <laughs> or anyone who's ever taught in the middle school, Matt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's it's. I, I agree with everything you've you've both said just there. Um, I've I've been um, really marvelling at the current writers now how they're including so many of these characters and building them up like obviously tony de paul uh is the main one because he's got the you know the, the big gig mm. but just seeing kitten halloween's and their support supporting cast come around it's incredible because mm. you know like you like you've said lee falk you know he created a, a really good range of characters to support our phantom you know, Dr. Axel and Moz and all these characters and then the president and all that. But now we're seeing all these new characters come up who are coming up with the, the twins. Mm. And yeah, and I, I love the Duncans um, jump on that on jumped on board that and I'm trying to as well, you know, stories which put Lara and um, Alicia and, and other other more obscure characters, friends and colleagues. Um, yeah, like so, might be jumping the gun, but the, the we the saw talking about other characters. We saw Steggy. Um, <laughs> are we going to see his? <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not going there. Uh, no, can I say? And um, and and I would I would absolutely be saying this when we review um, that that issue on our next comics and news, but. I, uh, to say to your face, Matt, I really love the way that you were able to bring the idea of Steggy into this story. Um, it, it, it Just the way the sequence was, oh, it's fantastical. It's a jungle myth and legend. But, you know, the hardcore Phantom fans know, hey, there actually is a Stegosaurus. But then the hardcore Phantom fans who hate the Stegosaurus can dismiss <laughs> it as a legend. You've done, it's a perfect balance. Well done. Well, you might see in, in the bottom of that page, Beatrice, she says, um, she says, John, what these people are saying is insane. Like yes. she, she thinks they're fucking mad. <laughs> exactly. But and we you know that there is a Phantom story where the Phantom rides Steggy through the jungle. And, yes. and virtually everyone in the jungle turns out to watch it. Thousands and thousands of people watch it. Yep. Or like um, like when uh, Lance Franklin kicked his thousandth goal at the MCG, the whole uh, SCG, the whole of Australia was there. Everyone saw it. We yeah. promised we did. <laughs> it's a legend. Yeah. So it can be read either way. Exactly. exactly. No, yeah. you've, you've done that. You did that really, really well. I really enjoyed that. Oh, thanks for that. Yeah. Because, I, you know, even when I sent the script through to Shane, he, he said, I can't believe I'm drawing Steggy in a fantasy story. <laughs> <laughs> like, has, has Steggy been used in the last 30 years? <laughs> oh. uh, it was brilliant the way you brought it in. <laughs> um, no, no, sorry, I had to say that. Um, so if there was – so now you've – you said that you've 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 explored Diana. You've exploring Heloise in here, and I'm really looking forward to that. You said you've uh, exploring Kit in a future issue. Is there another character or another story in you that you just that you that's kind of what like you really really want to explore? That you really really want to write, yeah. and yeah. without giving too much away, because hopefully you'll get to write that story one day. Could you tell us a little bit about that if you do have one? Yeah, I've actually I've got it. I've I've got my story, which is by far my favourite Phantom story. I mean, from from mine, from the, the four I've written, um, 
and I'm really excited about it, but I haven't pitched it to Fru yet because I want to I want to wait at least until um, the the kit story is greenlit. Um, some exciting news is that Dudley wrote to me the other day and said that it will come out this year, the the kit story. Oh wow! Because it's 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 finished. It's it's ready to go. Like it's, is, it's that a, is that a 22-page main story or is that a series? Uh, it's it's, it's a two-parter. Yep. So it's it's um, a 20-page all up. Yep. So and, and the reason for that is um, after the you know the, the the success of the first two two stories, Dudley wrote to me and said, "What we're really after at the moment are short stories. Could you do like mm -hmm. an eight-pager or a ten-pager?" Mm -hmm. And I I mean. Honestly, I can't. I'm, I'm probably, I'm not good enough to write a short story. My stories ramble on just like my conversations. So oh, that's I, all right. You're among good company on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that was back, you know, at the end of um, 2019, basically, when, when he, he, he said, look, if you want to pitch something, keep it short. So, you know, I tried and tried and tried. And I, I already had these two stories, the, the Halloween story and the kid story. But I, I serialized them and said, look, this this could run over three issues if you do it in blocks of 10. And the second story, that's a 20 pages. So, you know, if you've got room for it, great. If you want to cut it in half, that's fine. But um, yeah, so that that story, according to Dudley from a few days ago, will see print this year. And I've got a better understanding of how it all works now through mm. your podcasts about how um you know, they have a certain amount of comics which are going to be 36 pages and a certain mm. amount which are going to be whatever. So because the barcodes are already, like, pre-bought. So Dudley's, you know, he's, he's always trying to figure out, you know, what story is going to fit and mm. am I going to put some ads in or I'm going to put, you know, the, the forum, the, the forum um, or will I get someone to do a really short little story? I don't yeah. know about you guys, but I think that sometimes those really short stories, they don't quite hit the mark. And mm. they might be written by a really good writer. They might have great art. But it's, I don't know, unless you're Alan Moore or someone, it's hard to tell a really good, interesting story with some substance in four or five pages. Mm. It's yeah. too, I can't do it. I'll admit I can't do it. Mm. I think that substance is the is the key part that you hit on there because I've enjoyed the, the three, four, five page stories but yeah they're not they're not substantial mm. yeah and so, it's no fault of the the author either mm. like they're, they're good authors it's just it's really hard mm. to, to 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 start something and conclude it in such a short space so See, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite sometimes i like it just as just as like i like a you know a good going to hungry jackson getting a whopper or something like that having a bit of a, a junk food sugar hit that's how i kind of see some of the you know the the four page short stories is it's junk food it's a junk food style phantom story it's something you can quickly read yeah you, you don't you know you, you don't have to block out a half hour or an hour of your time yeah. or go hide in the toilet while you read the latest phantom comics so you don't get interrupted interrupted by the kids you know it's something you can probably shouldn't say it, but yeah. while you're stopped at the traffic lights and in the car or, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's something you can kind of do in one or two mouthfuls and it kind of gives you that bit of sugar hit. And because, yeah. you know, not because, uh, you know, I, I know when I, you know, when I'm extremely busy, it, it's hard to read a 36 page fan. Yeah. Sometimes. 
And I know, like my like my my two stories that, that came out previously to the, the new one, like they're slow and they're they're dense. You know, like I put a lot yeah, of people exactly. to sleep. I'm sure. You know, and it, I think it's it just, just, it just takes it takes time to read it. Mm. Yeah, it does, and, and and you need to slow down. And it's not just it's not just one visit to the toilet. It might be two. <laughs> <laughs> or, or one really long visit <laughs> where they knock on the door and say, you're still alive in there. Yeah, you, you really needed quite a few red lights before you get home. <laughs> I should stress that, that, that that's not a good idea. Yeah, no, it is not. But we, we've said before, that you, you, I mean, you enjoy different pace of stories too. Mm. And that's part of the beauty of, um, of, of the Phantom and the, you know, the, I guess the luxury that Tony DeBall has with his Sundays and his um, dailies is he can decide how long or short it is. You, you're a bit, um, well, far more constricted by publishing conditions and, um, you know, having to chop up stories and turn, turn one story into three chapters and all the rest of it. Yeah. You might have seen as well, like I tried to make the, the current story, um, uh, the pacing a bit faster. It, it's not like a strip it's not a wilson mccoy you know i've asked shane to use his style not to try and replicate someone else yeah. so i want to showcase his art because i think shane's an amazing artist yeah and um i mean those pages i was just overjoyed every time i'd get an email from shane whether it was just his pencil sketches or a finished page i was just like in heaven i love seeing you know seeing your own story through someone else's eyes is yeah. a really special, amazing feeling. I really yeah. like this panel as well. I don't have scans of it at the moment, but that's yeah. like where, you know, you got Julie, the 17th Phantom's uh, sister and Juliet Adams, who was the, what was it, the fifth or the sixth Phantom's wife from the top of my head. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's celebrating those secondary characters again yeah. and, and stuff like that. And you notice as well, Shane slipped in um, that scene from the seahorse in the panel above. Let's see that one. On the same page. Ah, oh, yes. Um, so the so phantom's dangling the, near the propeller. The propeller, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got um, the old classic um, Wilson McCoy's Slam Evil. And then you've got the uh, Cyberi uh, classic um, Fighting Redbeard. Yeah, and mm. so I gave I, I didn't um, I didn't put that in the script. You know, I, I I allowed Shane freedom to put in what he wanted. I just said, you know, I can't remember exactly what I wrote, but you know, I indicated that I, I wanted like a bit of a um, you know some some sort of shot which showed the fans and in various various historical phantoms. And, uh, and that's what he did. And I was yeah. Yeah, really happy with that. So uh, another question I don't want to spend too long on here because I want to get to some more trickier questions. Um, are you able to tell us uh, who the artist is for the kit story? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very, very happy to tell you that um, I was the artist on the kit oh, story. Awesome. And, and that, was, that was a big moment for me because, you know, I've had nothing but difficulty getting my stories published with King Features, you know, uh, the, the first story that came out with the, the Rain Moore style, you know, that the feedback was that the art um, ranged from poor to fair. That was like as, as good as it got in their opinion. And then the, the, the art was rejected entirely for um, 
Diana and Heartbreakers gang. So with uh, this current story, the Halloween story, I didn't even attempt the art. I just I, I got onto Shane and said, "Hey, let, let's make a comic." In fact, that whole that whole thing happened in the podcast when I met Shane for the first time, and we said, "Hey, let's you know let's work again together." I think mm. like we, we I got onto him immediately after that and said, "All right, you know, are you into it? Because I've got an idea." Yeah, but the new story, the kid story, um, I had another crack at it. Out of, uh, I guess, out of, I, if I'm honest with you, out of sort of embarrassment that my previous art had been rejected, it's, it was kind of a, you know, it was a bit embarrassing having someone else redo the art. So I thought, you know, for my own pride, <laughs> for my own ego, I'm going to like buckle down and try really, really hard. I'm not going to try and do a Ray Moore or a Wilson McCoy. I'm going to do my own style. Uh, and um, just pray that someone at King's doesn't hate it. And, yeah, Dudley indicated the other day that it got approved. Oh, wow. um, awesome. And that, that's, like, that's the first one which got, got approved without some ordeal. Like mm. even, even the Halloween story had to have a few edits in it. Oh. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations, mate. That's yeah, well done. Thanks. I just hope I hope when it comes out, um, obviously, whenever you put anything out, you hope people are going to like it. <laughs> but yeah, this one's really special to me because it's 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 not a Ray Moore imitation. It's it's my style. Yeah, yeah no, that's good. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I asked that question then. Dare, dare I ask? Um, and uh, feel free to answer this however you like. But do you think that might have anything to do with the D word? The um, you know one of the first podcasts we we talked to you about was um, the, was the demon. Do you think that has had anything to do with it? Um, oh, in, in in what way, Dan? Oh, do you think the the, the KFS might be prejudiced against you because of? Yeah. of... Look, I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know. I I just maybe I. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think they're holding that against me. Um, mm. I think maybe you know I was just a, a bit unlucky. I maybe the editor didn't quite get what we were trying to do. Um, mm. um, you know, like if, if if I dwell on it too much, I'll start to get paranoid uh, yeah. and think, oh, you know, they're out to get me. I'm on the blacklist. You know, why they make things so difficult every single time? Yeah, but you know. It hasn't been difficult this time. Yeah. And, and with, the, with the Halloween story, um, the, the the feedback I got was that I'd made Halloween too um, too teenagerish, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. They there was like they said you've got to change the way she talks. Halloween doesn't talk like that. This she she sounds too like too hip and too cool. And I thought, oh, okay, it's a shame they saw it that way because, you know, I think Halloween is hip and cool. You know, I think she could be like a mm. cool teenager. So I kind of went, I had to go back and change her dialogue to be a bit more, um, I don't know, a bit more like straight, I suppose. Yeah, okay. And yeah. the, like the, the first page where Kit, Kit was like razzing her up, they really wanted me to tone that down. They didn't like Kit teasing her. Yeah, right. So um, I sort of plan. I want to. Um, I want to post uh, the page as it originally was. Um, Shane's actually lettered it the way that it originally was. 
And I want to put it out there just so people see it. And it's not to like say screw you, the king features or anything. It's just so people can see like how it originally was. Mm. And they can sort of you know <coughs> make their own decision if it was too far or. Mm. Well, when with this podcast, we can we can include we can include it on the on the page. Yeah, and okay. Put it up right. on the I'll on the Patreon and stuff like that. Yeah, please do. Um, all right, Dan, you got any last questions about Matt? as a creator from like, like his stories and stuff because I want to get onto some questions. Go go for your questions, Jim. All right. So uh so a lot of these questions are similar ones as what we asked uh Duncan. Um and I, I think some of these questions are kind of like the the harder questions and I think but I think every fan and I think every creator actually has an opinion that's slightly different to every single other person. So yeah. I really enjoy learning about people's opinions about these questions. So um, so that's, that's where I've been really enjoying this little mini-series of podcasts that we've been doing. So you, you're, you're a teacher, for those who don't know. You're uh, in your early 40s, if we can call yeah. it that. Um, you've got – how old are your sons? They're I've got a son in year seven and a son in year eight. Okay, so they're kind of like the the prime target audience for the Phantom, right? You deal with a lot of kids that age. Yeah. You know, I know Dan and Stephen do as well. So what are your thoughts on how should or how can we get new readers and new fans of the Phantom? Yeah, yeah. Is it as simple as a TV show slash movie or is there more that we can do? And what can... The publishers do, but then also what can KFS do without getting yourself into too much trouble, getting yourself blacklisted, yeah. of course. Yeah. Getting getting re-blacklisted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think the obvious answer is um, the exposure that would come from a TV show or a cartoon and a movie. But I'll just take it back a second. You know, I am a teacher and I've been lucky enough to create my own Year 9 elective called Comics 101. And the kids, um, the students are exposed to different types of comics, um, with superheroes, slice of life, all sorts of different comics. And um, they create their own comics. They read comics and they create and they draw their own comics. And I, I always I ask... I would have liked that subject at school. Oh, yeah. That sounds awesome. It, it's it's fun because the, the kind of kids that it attracts as well because it's an elective. You get like these fantastic kids. Some of them like are like really into comics. Some kids don't know anything about comics, but they like cartoons. But I always, you know, I show them pictures of different superheroes and and the character who they never know is the Phantom. And, and it's it's sad. Or they say, oh, I think my dad used to like the Phantom or, oh, my grandpa's got a pile of those. But I say, have you ever read one? No, they haven't. Mm. So kids, you know, they can, they can identify <coughs> DC and Marvel characters and some of the image characters. Uh, and I, you know, I was, I was a bit sort of surprised because I thought the Phantom still is in newsagents. You know, kids would still see it. But then, you know, what kid goes to newsagents these days? Or if they're, if they're in the newsagent with their parents, they're looking at their phone instead of at the shelves. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, what, what used to be like a really important shop, you know, like the, 
you know, the heart of the, the suburb would be the news agent because people would go there and buy their magazines and they'd buy their newspapers. And, you know, now, you know, it's an online world. There's less need, less magazines and newspapers are being sold and people who mm-hmm. want to gamble, they can gamble online. You know, there's, there's so many, there's so few reasons to go to a news agent now. Mm. Um, so that's... I just remember going to news agents, like, you know, I'd beg my parents, you know, I want to go to the news agent, driving down to the news agent, and I'd, I'd have all my money and I'd buy all my phantoms and my Batman and Spider-Man. I'd walk out with a stack of comics every time. Yeah. And, you know, you go to the news agents now and they don't have any Marvel or DC comics. And if mm. they do, they're about $7. Mm. And they also had, like, lollies and all the, like, the corner shops always had, like, the lollies and, you know, you used to yeah. be able to go get the milk and the bread for mum and dad and then go buy a Phantom comic or stock up on lollies and stuff like that as well. And there was yeah. there was something for everyone in the news agent. You know, you, you, I used to live with, you know, my mum and also my grandparents. And, you know, if, if mum, if I could talk mum into driving me down, she'd have a look at the magazines. And if I could talk my grandfather into taking me down, he'd have a look and chat. But... Um, you know, my local news agent when I was a kid was in Hearst Bridge, and they 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 sold toys there. I used to buy Ninja Turtle toys from there. You know, it wasn't a toy store; it was a news agent. But there were toys, there were lollies, there were magazines, there were posters. There was all sorts of cool stuff. Um, so, I just wanted to give you that context that teenagers do not know who the Phantom is. Mm-hmm. And they just, they don't know. And I'm not exaggerating. They don't know. They, they honestly don't know. So there's our problem. We need, we need the Phantom's profile. Um, we, need, we need him out there. And we need him to be seen by young kids. We need him to be seen by teenagers. We need him, we need him to be seen in the places where they look. So mm-hmm. online, YouTube, um, he needs a much bigger presence on Instagram and Facebook. Um, TikTok, I suppose, is where the kids are going now. I don't know how that would work. You know, um, I, I don't. Well, I asked Duncan if he was going to get up in his phantom costume and start doing some uh, jungle dances for us, but he wasn't keen for it. What about yeah. you, Matt? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> I think that um, TikTok is evolving. It's not just about dancing anymore. And um, and there, there, there would be scope to just have 60-second videos or 60-second stories, the same way you talk about junk, junk, uh, junk food um, four-page stories there before, Jim. Like you could have 60-second, two-minute um, videos reels or um whatever you call them on the whatever platform you're on those short video um format there's scope for that but it would want to be done professionally i think and um and it it would be fantastic for me it would be fantastic if it linked to some sort of netflix series and we've talked about that a thousand times and 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 that's part of what you're talking about too matt about putting it where where the teenagers are looking and that is on the streaming services I think as well, and I don't know about your experiences, but I started reading The Phantom when I was young. Like I was, I was eight years old when I first started reading The Phantom. And, you know, I, so many people say comics aren't for kids. But, I mean, I was a kid. I started reading comics. Comics are for kids, of course. Comics aren't kids. for kids. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> we, 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 the three of us are the falsehoods. 
pretending yeah. they're comics are adults. They're not real. <laughs> yeah. uh, for big kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah, yeah, no, because I, I, you know, I used to read the Asterix, the Tintins, you exactly. know, uh, Commandos. Um, used to read Lucky Luke's, um, Donald Duck, all the Disney Disney mm. ones. Um, you know, Garfield's Foot Rot Flats. Yeah. You yeah. always have them. Well, everything you've, you've and... mentioned there, me too. And Mad when, when I was little and I'd occasionally buy like a, a Batman or a Green Lantern or something like that, I didn't like them when I was that young because they were too violent for me. They were too kind of scary. Um, mm. And it wasn't until I was a bit older that I started to appreciate that. Um, like, you know, comics like The Punisher and things like that, I, I couldn't stand them when I was first starting to read comics because they were too much. And the fans oh, just too short for me and I always had ads in, in yeah. between, the, um, <laughs> between the story. <laughs> but I think, um, I think what's needed, like my kids, for example, they know all the Marvel DC characters so well. And it's not mm. just from the comics and the movies. It's from the cartoons mm. and the little, like, um, the little video games on, like, Cartoon Network and, you know, fun little interactive things that the kids can enjoy. Like, my kids got into um, Teen Titans Go, you know, that show. Yeah. But not only the show, but if you went to the, the I don't know if it was, a Warner Brothers website or Comedy Central or, or, or whatever. I don't know what the website was. But there were all these fun little video games, like little, um, like sort of retro sort of 1980s style, you know, bouncing along and really simple video games. And um, I think if we want to get kids to know who the Phantom is, they need to be playing, and I hate to say this in a way, but they need to be playing a game on their iPad which has the Phantom. And I think as well, the way that you're going to get the little kids is to bring back something fun and exciting and bright and colourful like Defenders of the Earth. Mm. So you've got... Oh, I love Defenders of the Earth. Is, uh, yeah. my, so my oldest, she's watched the whole 65 <laughs> episodes of Defenders of the Earth twice. I started watching it with her and then she just left me for dead and just like, no. Nah, yeah. Sorry, Dad, I'm watching it. And she's watched she's watched the whole series twice. Mm. Um, you know, she knows she knew the song, she would dance to the song, do the little skull mark and um you and know, did she like Jenna? Is Jenna Jenna, yeah, 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 yeah. She she really liked Jenna. Yeah. So um, that that's I think that's key to understanding what the kids want. The kids mm. relate to teenage characters, young, exciting teenage characters. Mm. And who have we got in the Phantom at the moment? It's Kit and Halloween. Kit and Halloween. Like Kit and Halloween, I think, are the key to bringing in a younger crowd and yeah. keeping them as well. Interesting. So Defenders of the Earth, which has Kit and Halloween in it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they bring back Defenders of the Earth and have Jetta in it. You know, maybe it's that same, you know, sort of yeah. slightly alternative um, universe because that can work as well. You know, like if you think about the, the massive difference between all the Batman cartoons and shows and Teen Titans Go, they're different. You know, they're, they're, they're entirely different sort of universes, but the characters are the same. So yeah. you've got some fun little short character-based cartoon, lots of bright colours. You know, the Phantom is in it and there's scenes in the jungle which are exciting and there's also 
you know, some Flash Gordon stuff in space and some magic. You know, it sort of appeals to everyone. It's inclusive, you know, boys and girls in it, um, all different um, nationalities as well. Like it's very inclusive. That's a fun little thing for younger kids. And then that might be like a comic series um, with like the, about the twins, primarily focusing on the twins. Not as phantoms though, have the phantom in it, but like the real focus is the twins. Yeah. Um, the TV show, you know, like a lot of this we talked about before, having um, gener a generational TV show, which has uh, Billy Zane as an older phantom in the first episode perhaps, and then he passes it on to his son. Um, and there could be some flashbacks of him de-aged. You know, imagine how cool that would be. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and you could you could picture Billy Zane being up for that because um, oh, sure. in every in in the podcast we did with him and everything I've seen him doing all that, you can almost just see that he wishes he could that he could have done more fan. Yeah, um, and, and he would go back to it in whatever format he could. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. No, it's it, it's great. Um. So would and and I'm assuming that's where the digital element will come in as well, like because digital's you you think the digital element's fairly big and key as well. Well, I, I just think they should be focusing on all these different avenues, you know, like mm -hmm. merchandise. Why is it so hard to get phantom merchandise? You know, that you should be able to get pencil cases and rubbers and stationary sets and t-shirts and hats and like you name it. But see, if if they've got a program like. Um, which is sort of like Teen Titans Go for a younger crowd, and it has that associated merchandise, then you'll have little kids with backpacks with the Phantom and Lothar and Mandrake on it, and they'll start to know those characters. Mm. And then It'll be all the little toys in the Hungry Jacks yeah, and McDonald's kids' That's cars. right, and that's what Duncan spoke about, like the K-Zone magazines. Like yeah. if there's occasionally like a little Phantom figure in there, it'll mean nothing to kids. They won't even collect it. But if they know the character... From the video games or they know the character from the funny youtube episodes i mean it might even just be a youtube series yeah uh, rather than something which is um like on tv if if they get serious and make some really good content for youtube and that's always on instagram and TikTok as well and they start making some memes you know and suddenly the kids the phantom is in their world Mm. And it's and it's a, a good representation of the Phantom. It's not like the Phantom twenty forty or that other TV show. You know they had you know a decade or two ago. Where you're not like, a fan of twenty forty. Uh, look, I actually don't mind twenty forty. I, I I just think that's that's probably not the best way to get the little kids in. Yeah, it's more of a an older team. Yeah, they could certainly bring show. that back. I think there's certainly a place for that. Mm. And like the more Phantom, the better. <laughs> I'd love it if they brought back 2040, but I don't yeah. think that's how you get the kids in. No, I think something like Defense of the Earth is probably more key. Phantom 2040 is when it, it, that's only 18 years away. We're, we're like 60 yeah. years old then. Yeah. Remember what you wish for. Yes, they, they were. I actually thought about that before coming on as well that 2040 is, it would have to be rejigged, but a future Phantom, you know, in any capacity would be fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. Just rename it. <laughs> awesome. So, what are some underutilized elements of the Phantom that you see, like Hoos and Steggy, obviously? Yeah. 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, look, I'm, I'm satisfied. I, I don't really think that there's any underutilised. I mean, I might rethink it later, but um, I, I, I don't, you know, I draw Steggy in pinups as a bit of a joke. Um, you know, like I've, I've hulked him up and just sort of, I'm putting it out to people, imagine if this is what Steggy was like, if he was actually like a good ally to the Phantom, like if the mm. Phantom actually used him and you could, you know, bust him out of prison and be this big bulletproof guy. I do um, like your version of his. I reckon your version of his is probably the, the scariest, more yes. realistic um uh, cave monster. You're going to have to superimpose that image here, Jim. You know that in the edit. <laughs> yeah, if I was organised, I've got, but now, I've got, imagine I've got this. that poster. Imagine if there was a kid's cartoon mm. and it had reoccurring appearances of this big, his character, and Steggy and, you know, all these characters are put in it in a fun way and it's not too serious, you know, and like the older fans... Don't get offended by it because it's not <laughs> it's not ruining their childhood or whatever. But you know, there there were some some really um, I guess I guess those are underutilized characters. Like mm. Hulk introduced this crazy caveman and any stupid wife of hers, and you know, like the whole thing was just such a don't forget rooks. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like. <laughs> It, it, it was almost bearable for the first one. And then when the yeah. family got introduced, it was like, oh. Yeah. And there's the little dinosaurs and just there were all these elements that came in and, like, I don't know if that was the 70s or 80s, but it just wasn't it wasn't great. I think um, it's fair to say that um, that might have been the uh, the era when Falk was micro-dosing, micro-dosing on mushrooms or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, science fiction was taking off, and he thought, yeah. "I better better jump on board that." You know, I'll have. Oh yeah, there, there were a lot of storylines that had, you know, some pretty interesting ideas. But um, more soon for Mandrake. Why not mine some of those ideas and flip them a bit, and maybe fine tune them, yeah, and present them to kids. Yeah, because kids kids like dinosaurs. They like yeah, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know. So yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Like, make it really cartoony, really yeah. childish. The like the essence of the Phantom, you know, is justice, but also mm. like conservation and, and caring mm. about animals. So you know, you really focus on Devil and Hero as really good little characters, and mm. and um, you know, the Phantom's taking down poachers or he's like shutting down like some place with a lot of pollution, which is ruining the uh, the jungle. Um, yeah, and like you know, put the little people in it flying around on their birds, and you know all these little <laughs> things that Phantom fans don't necessarily want in the comics. Yeah, but the kids can enjoy it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, you, you've got to you've got to imprint and imprint it on them at some point, don't you? And uh, yeah. if, if that's a if, if your target audience there is your you know what five six seven eight year olds, and then as they get older. Um, the stories grow and adapt for them, yeah, yeah. And, and they find that in the comic books. Mm. So, yeah, like you've got Defenders of the Earth, which is its own thing. You know, it's not going to impact on the on the main Phantom universe because people will understand it's it's like a, it's a separate thing. It's a different. Some yeah. people will 
will come to love those characters. And who knows, you know, you might end up seeing a Defenders of the Earth movie, mm. which, which is in its own standalone universe, you know, like the, the new Batman movie is kind of proof of that. And the Joker movie, they, they're unconnected. You know, mm. they, they, they tried to do the Marvel thing and have it all connect, and DC just didn't work out for them. But they're soldiering on. They've still got a, you know, a massive moneymaker in Batman. You know, if only the fans... I, I tried watching that, but I couldn't see it. It's just too dark. Oh, the, the Batman? Yeah. No, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very dark. You've got you to bring yourself, you've got to bring a, a torch along with you to be able to see anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, no. Nah, um, all right, big question. Big, big, big question. Probably the biggest question of any Phantom fan. And there's no sitting on the fence. Hello, Steve. Um, what side of the fence are you on? Forkism or the modernism? Or postmodern um, forkism? Well, where where would we be without folk? You know, I've I've got to I've got to go with folk, um, but to to a certain extent, like folk up until the the late forties, pure gold, and then. Things weren't all that great for a while. And then Cy Barry came in and everything got good again. And then so it started to decline. So I don't know, like like do, do I do can't can't I sit on the fence? <laughs> it's not fun saying and just sit on the fence. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, folks folks long gone as well, you know, like I th- those those original stories are the closest in, you know, to me, like I love, as you all know, if anyone's read my stories or heard me talk before, like, you know, I love the 1930s Phantoms more than any other period. Um, but what I'm seeing come out from Tony the Pole is just amazing work. And he's doing things entirely different and he's, he's kept the same um, ethos, I guess, the same elements, the important crux of what the Phantom is. But he's, you know, he, he he just, you can just see, like, he just, he's got a long game. You know, he, mm. he's planning ahead. I'm really excited to see what he does. And the way that he's brought Kit and Halloween to the forefront has been mm. outstanding. So, yeah, I can't, I can't sort of, um, it's, you know. If, I, if, you, if you like Tony's work and, and stuff like that and, you, you know, I don't really think you can be a fork, a forkist. Yeah, if you you know if you really I was about to say exactly the opposite thing. I was about to say that you're really digging because fork is forkist is fork and that's it. Yeah, well, I can't be a forkist. I I made up the word. I can I can come up with the terminology of it then. (laughs) Um, Well, I I um, I've got phantom stories out, and Mm. I'm I'm not folk, so I can't be a (laughs) forkist because I'm I'm not folk. Well, but but I yeah I th- I think you're right within the fork universe, um, and I think you you make deliberate efforts to do exactly that. So I, I think, think every- you're writing. I, I think your writing is in the forkus universe, and uh, Germ's uh, definition is too tight and too constraining, and we need to loosen up the reins. <laughs> Spoken like a true postmodernist. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 I am a bit confused by the question. I'm not really sure what you're asking me. Um, like like folks folks gone like his his legacy stands you know it has its strengths and its weaknesses um, 
I do think that every new writer coming along, they should know their stuff. Yes. So that, that's why, to me, Duncan's probably my favourite writer. Um, well, I mean, definitely my ultimate. He, he is. He is my favourite local writer by a mile because he knows his stuff. He's done his research. You know, Tony DePaul is so good because he knows his stuff as well. So, you know, it's the whole thing of standing on the, on the shoulder of giants. Lee Falk created this fantastic character. He created this amazing back catalogue of stories, um, hits and misses. But, yeah, someone that comes along and, and diverts from that is, is disrespecting the entire thing, in my opinion. Mm. But that's not, that's not what modernism or postmodernism is. It's the, the terminology from a phantom perspective is that you're building on Lee yeah. Fork, where a forkist is fork and that's it. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I guess I like, I like writers who are sort of like revisionists. You know, mm. like, I like artists who push ahead forwards, but they respect the past. Yeah. And you know that's certainly what I try and do. I, I look at I look at things from Phantom Law and incorporate it, even silly things like the Stegosaurus. Um, but to me, Falk's Falk's strength was creating the personality of the Phantom, and that you know, if if someone doesn't get that right, I'm not interested. Well, I'm still interested, but I don't enjoy it as much. Like when yeah. the Phantom does things which I can't imagine Lee Falk's Phantom doing, I think mm. that's not the Phantom, that's that's someone else. Like, um, dare I say it, at the back of the through um, page where the Phantom's drinking um, venom to make himself like a uh, Frankenstein. Yeah, um, look, you know, but, you know, Andrew's got his style. Um, you know, I know there are a few issues in that, that story that, that you weren't particularly happy with and... And and they, you know, like they 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 stand out, don't they? Because we've we've got this idea of the Phantom and what he does and what he doesn't do. And when a story comes along and there's something like that in it, it just kind of like it takes you out of the story for a minute. Like it's like yeah. you, you think, oh, hang on, what 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 what's going on? That's that's not the Phantom. Mm. But you know, I'm not saying that to discredit anyone else. You know, this is just my feeling. Yeah. No worries. So another hard I'll, question. I'll, I'll, I'll say something no, which no, might okay. surprise you as well. Like there's there's certain parts of the the folk law which I don't necessarily like. Um, okay, okay. Tell us, tell us more. And and they've become so sort of ingrained in the phantom. Like, and this will be a biggie. You might not like me after this, but the phantom not drinking alcohol. I don't see that as a really important thing. You know, uh, I just, I can't imagine why the Phantom wouldn't drink alcohol. Maybe when he's on duty, sure. But at all, ever, you know, like at home with Diana in the Skull Cave and enjoying some nice wine. Is, it, is, it, is that such a bad thing? <laughs> he's, uh, he's ransacked so many fe- uh, pirate treasures. Surely he's enjoyed a nice bottle of rum at some point. Yeah, and and also is that is that a, a decision of the current phantom, or have all the phantoms been like that? Like I, I read stories now about previous phantoms who don't drink, and I think, well, why? Why aren't they drinking? Um, it's kind of like the phantom 
killing as well. Like I don't want the phantom to, to be killing people nonstop. I don't I don't like it when the phantom kills people. But mm. there are stories where he does, you know, and some people are very rigid about, oh, the phantom mustn't kill. But the phantom has killed. The phantom yeah. does kill. You know, there was a, a massive body count in a fairly recent Tony DePaul story. And it was handled well because the phantom felt really bad about it, that he was yeah. sort of, he was in that situation. Mm. Um, previous phantoms, you know, it's easy to, to portray them as killing because they came from different times. Um, and, you know, I, I don't plan, I'm not, not writing a story where the phantom kills anyone, but I don't think that that idea should be off limits completely, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, wearing, um, wearing his suit under a hat and having glasses over the top, I just think that's dumb. <laughs> oh, I'm loving where this where this discussion's going. We're going to get a lot of comments on yeah, social yeah. media. <laughs> <laughs> if you're walking around the streets wearing a purple, you know, cowl, people are going to notice that, aren't they? And, yeah, and they're going to notice. We've seen it um, in in fan f- films and that sort of thing where they've tried to get away with it. You just can't. Yeah. So. Um, so Perhaps. should it be like in the movie where he takes his cow off and still wears the sunnies? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, I like the way that um, actually the, the first time I ever saw Mr. Walker was um, in The Beanstalk, the Hans Lindahl illustrated story where uh, The Beanstalk is his Amazing son. story. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was one of my first ever phantom stories that I ever bought. And Mr. Walker is in it visiting the prison. And you, you can see his ears, you can see a bit of his sideburns, you know, you can see the back of his head and his hair. And you know, I thought that was really cool. I thought, oh, so the phantom actually does like go undercover. Like he's got, and I didn't realize that the phantom had like a different identity. And then, um, Later in the same comic, he's wearing um, his suit under the hat and jacket. And I just thought, that looks so stupid. Why is, who's, who's he trying to fool? And I was only eight years old and I thought, that's dumb. <laughs> and then I, I realised that's, you know, that's a big part of the phantom history, you know. With, he always used to do that. Like right back in the day, he'd have a, a, a cravat on, which I, I think are horrible and this, you know, his glasses over the top or they slid in. It's hard to kind of see. So Paul Ryan updated the Mr. Walker alias with the baseball cap and the bomber jacket. Do you, would you, do you prefer that than the old trench coat? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, but I think, I think it's got to do with the Phantom timeline as well. Like, you know, some people see the Phantom as a character from the 30s, and I, I do. I always yeah. see the Phantom as a as an older story. But, you know, in a contemporary world, would the Phantom be wearing a cravat and a big, massive trench coat and a hat? <clears throat> no, no way. Um, I still like that look. I like the classic look of the trench coat, um, but it's very dated. Yeah, very you know, dated. It was, dated. it was dated in the 40s. Yeah. <laughs> let alone in 80 years afterwards. <laughs> yeah. 
I actually, I actually quite like what um, Jeff Weigel did and, and, and Tony DePaul working with him, obviously, in the latest Sunday, where the, the Phantom doesn't actually have a uniform to be um, the walking the streets as an ordinary man. He could be anyone. He looks like a delivery driver. He looks like a pizza. Yeah, yeah you know, he's in a suit walking past. He's a businessman. You, you yeah. just don't know who he is. And that, that makes a lot of sense. That's, that's, you know, a thing that you could imagine the Phantom doing. And to me, that doesn't take away from Lee Falk. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a new idea, which makes sense. Mm. So I'll go with it. So does that um, mean he has like a, a, um, uh, like a, like a van with like full of costumes and, uh, and stuff? A bit like, um, what's, what's the Scooby-Doo and, and his friends? <laughs> Uh, the, the, well, the, it's not, not, I was about to say the Shagmobile, but it's not what it is. It's <laughs> incorporated. I forget what the band's yeah. called. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've thought about if, if the Phantom, um, he's one of the richest men in the world. Mm. He's got these resources. And how does he use these resources to fight crime? Surely he might, I mean, I don't know if this has ever been explored in the story, but he'd, he'd probably have um, some, some storehouses around the place, you know. He mm. goes into town, he's, he's, he's got, um, or, you know, a couple, a couple of lockers. You know, in a way he could be like a spy. He could have, you know, places where he can go to if he's injured. Um, there can be cash in there, there can be weapons, there can be changes of civilian clothes. Um, he could go mm. there just to bandage himself up if he needs a, a respite. Uh, and he, he could have those all over the world. There was one, there was a similar element in the last Phantom series by Dynamite uh, Entertainment um, where he basically had secret agents throughout the countries and stuff that were mm. able to help, you know, like clean up a crime scene or... Yeah. Or you know, help smuggle him across the border and and, and, and stuff like that. Now I think they kind of they called it the Jungle Patrol, and they might have went too uh, far. But I think yeah. there, you know, along with what you're saying, you could have a a contact in you know in each country, or yeah. you know, one in Europe, or you know, yeah. whatever. That I mean, that that to me sounds like they've they've taken that idea and pushed it just a little mm. bit too yeah. far. Like having having the Phantom work alone is another kind of trope. I think the Phantom does often rely on other people. Like he mm. does, you know, he makes use of the people around him in each story. But having like a network, an established network, and calling it the Jungle Patrol, you know, the Jungle Patrol don't patrol the worlds, they, they patrol the jungle. Um, I guess one thing, you know, a previous question, underutilised, the Jungle Patrol... Uh, underutilized we could see see a bit more done of them yeah so duncan said exactly the same thing with the jungle patrol and you know uh kind of more like a you know i guess go back and listen to episode 216 yeah I <laughs> about that really, but yeah. um it was yeah it was a great idea um about that so yeah awesome all right should we kill off the 21st phantom uh, there's there's one person that could do it, I reckon, and it's Tony DePaul. Um, so if Tony DePaul does it, it's open. It's open season. I just, I just think that he would do it well. Yeah. Um, but I'm conflicted. 
I think I, I really understood what Duncan was saying about that opportunity has passed. Like that, the phantom we've got now is the what he say like it's the eternal gift. Um, but as I've said many times already tonight, the future of mm. Kit and Halloween is looking good, and everything looks like it's it's heading towards you know like with the climax. Now, having said that, I don't think we have to kill the phantom to have the next generation take over. Mm. I've never felt, I know that's the way it's always been, you know, the father dies, the son picks up the, the, the oath. But, you know, when you think about the Skull Oath, you know, I swear to devote my life to the destruction of piracy, greed, cruelty and injustice. We can say that the current Phantom has devoted his life. He has. He, so life's not when you die. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And my sons and their sons shall follow me. Does that necessarily mean that they're going to follow you after your death or they're going to follow you? And we've seen in, like, the childhood of the Phantom that kind of makes out that the Phantom returned home when his mother died and he spent time with his father mm. working alongside him. And fighting and pirates. So. Fighting pirates, in a, unless I'm mistaken, like in a Phantom suit. I don't think he was in a phantom suit, but, you know, it was one panel. He could have not been wearing a phantom suit, that panel. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. yeah. And, and there would be actually all sorts of benefits to the son also being in the phantom suit because then the phantom is many men. Yeah. That's how those sorts of old jungle sayings get going. Exactly. And I think, you know, we talked about last time, Jermaine, that too many people in the jungle have seen Kit for it to work, you know, like no one is, if, if the Phantom dies and Kit starts wearing the costume, all the, all the, all the chiefs and all the, all the people in the jungle are going to go, so they're going to go, oh, it's Kit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've known him since he was a baby. Like he really mm. should have been hidden away this whole time, but he's been out there. It's um, a, it's a very, it's because on the one hand that makes perfect sense, but on the other hand, you you know, if you're going to be the friend of the jungle, you have to be around know the, knowing the people yeah. and, and and stuff. And I'm not sure whether you put on a, you know, do a do a Batman and disguise your voice and go, I am the Phantom. Yeah. Uh, you know, but the kids have to be around yeah. to be able to know the jungle, to be able well, to they know have the to, They have to know, they have their know the language. Network, and, yeah. They, they have to be there. So Yeah. Um, and I know it's just a comic. It's not real life. But I guess my, my point is I don't think we need to see the 21st dying to have Kit and or Halloween become the Phantom. And, in fact, I'd much rather see those two suit up and become Phantoms with him and then he can bow out gracefully and not die because why does he have to die um yeah. i want him i want him to see his grandchildren so does that mean we are going to see obviously not in our life but in comic years we're going to see them continually to age so in another five ten years we are going to see kitten halloween's swear the oath the 21st retire yeah. and then um, we can kind of like reset because I think the, the problem the problem is is that we keep resetting the timeline. Yes. 
and problem. And and it's a problem. But if we if we have the passing of the mantle, you can kind of like uh, okay. So Kit and Heloise took over the Phantom role in twenty twenty five. Yeah. You know, so you know that means they were born around two thousand or something. This, you know, like that's yeah. their birth date, and then you can kind of have, you know, then you can kind of push and, and spread no, out he, every other no, past phantom. They were born in nineteen seventy nine, Jim. Yeah, I know that, but <laughs> you can't have a. What does that mean? The seventy nine. That's forty three. You yeah. can't have a forty-five-year-old uh, take over the take yeah. over the Phantom. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a tricky situation, and I know, like having read what Tony the Paul said, he doesn't seem to want to do that. Mm. Um, I don't think he likes that idea. I I love that idea, and I've talked to you guys about that before. But I also can see what Duncan said that maybe it's too late. If Falk had have done it from the start, yeah, it would be fantastic. I think people would grow up loving their Phantom and, and mourning him, seeing the new one come up. I think there'd always be this sense of tension. Like even now, like with, with Tony's writing, for the first time ever, like you get the feeling that the Phantom could die. Yeah. yeah. Like there is this, this tension that things are real. Yeah. Like they, these kids are ready. They're, they're at, at an age where they're almost ready to take it on. So is this going He's to be a, a tease. Problem? Tony's a big tease. He's yeah. been doing it for about four or five years now. Yeah, because yeah. you had the, what was it, the curse of old man Moz where old man right. Moz sees him die by the bullet in the back or yeah. something like that. So, you know, he cheats death there and we're like, yeah, okay, we saw that happening. But then yeah. in the current storyline, it's like, well, is he teasing us again? Yeah. You know, are we just going to have this storyline for four years and then see him die? Or, you know, are we now going to see two different timelines? In You know, it's, yeah. he's a great he's a great tease. And I, he'll be giggling. He'll be giggling with what we're saying right yeah. now. <laughs> I kind of feel like, like there's two ways it could go. The way it's always gone, keep the yeah. status quo. And... I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm a bit sick of the status quo. Maybe I, I do want to see a change. I am as well. Yeah. And, I mean, the other alternative, which is probably too extreme for people, is that it becomes real time. And, you know, we have Kit and Halloween. They'll get married. They'll have kids. The kids will grow up, you know, and, and every, you know, I don't know, 25 years or so, there's a death or, or, the, or at least there's a passing on from father to the son. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, just the comic would be so different if it had have been like that from the start. Yeah. And, and part of the problem is, and, and we talked about this being the great, the great thing about Phantom Stories, part of the problem is saying goodbye to all of those fantastic secondary and tertiary characters. Mm. If you move into Kitten Heloise being the, the new Phantoms, that's goodbye to Devil. That's goodbye to yeah. Hero. Yeah. Diane getting older. Moz... How old can Moz get? You know, there's a new president. It's all, it's all in sundry. Yeah, I, I know that. I agree. Um, they, they'd be making new characters and, you know, like you're exactly right. We would lose characters along the way. But I, th I think we've already seen that. Like there's a new Longo queen. Yeah. Yeah, but we haven't, we haven't seen it with any of the – we haven't seen it with all of the, the, 
really the, the main secondary the main characters. characters. Yeah, Queens, you don't. Like, I I don't want to see Diana die. No, yeah. I, I don't want to see Kit and Heloise die. I, and, you, and and some of those characters you don't want to even see them get old. Yeah. So what about Doc Axel? Uh, Doctor Axel, could you handle no. him dying? No. Oh, I, I want to say something, but I'm not. Oh, I'll say it. Use her in for a bit of a. Use in for a bit of a shock. Oh. If you, oh. if you that, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just say it. all. All the Phantom and readers know what I'm talking about. Okay. Oh well, then and, it doesn't uh, count if it's Phantom. <laughs> it's not real, man. <laughs> There have been some terrific characters um, who've who've died, um, but they've mainly been yeah like like Archie, you know, and he wasn't ever a fault character. Um, and but those stories hit, you know, they they hit yeah. you. And like if you did have a story, like there was that story where um, the Phantom almost put down um, Hero because Hero, Hero was injured. Hero's death sentence. Yeah, and you see like the tears coming down. Yeah. And think, oh wow, you know this is this is intense, but you know he's not going to kill him. Yeah. All right. You know it. Um, there's, there's still three more pages in the book. You know yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember that Eden story as well. That was, I think that was the closest I've got to crying mm. in a Phantom story. But imagine, um, imagine how amazing. I don't know if you guys have ever read like The Walking Dead. Like The Walking Dead is a story where main characters die. And, yeah. and, and the, the TV show is like that as well. Yeah, and, and also you like um, Game of Thrones as well. As yeah. Like that. yeah. So you get attached to characters and, and you see them come and go and, and it can be quite shocking when someone dies mm. because that's it, they're not coming back. You mm. know, it's not going to be a dream sequence. There's not going to be some, some magic mm. spell to bring them back. Like they're gone and they're gone. And with, with the Phantom, you know, if the 21st, uh, this was said by Duncan or someone said it in that podcast that, it doesn't mean the end of stories about him. You know, there can yeah. always be chronicle stories about him, you know. Um, but, yeah, like, I, 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 this, this isn't I've, – I've got no right to answer this question. I'm just like everyone else. I'm just a Phantom <laughs> fan. I want to see what happens. I've, I've said a few times that I wish that it was real time. But, you know, there's pros and cons in that. Mm. And, you know, I – I trust what Tony's doing, um, but I am a bit sick of the status quo because we've been. I'm, I'm really, really pleased that the twins have aged because, like, I think the low, for me, the low point in the in the Phantom was when those those kids were babies for for, for quite a long time. Mm. Um, so what's what's interesting is with those stories you're talking about is the through editors before Jim Shepard actually did not publish those stories. Uh, so, like, if you have a look at when they were first created and then when they were first published, there's a, a big gap. And I remember reading um, uh, Jim Shepard's comments when he published these stories. He goes, oh, the previous publishers, in their wisdom, decided that these were too family-focused or too family-friendly and did not publish them. And I, I'm thinking, you know, as a, as a kid, like when I was really, really young, I thought, oh, these are fun. But then as I'm older and a little bit more grouchier and and, and, and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, I can understand why they didn't publish them. Yeah, I just I just imagine if 
because yeah, that's pretty much how I felt. Like the phantom was always going to eat him and have the kids, and there'd always be yeah. some threat, and he'd save the kids. Well, the jungle felt like just a—it felt like just the park next door. It was yeah. like you know there was no danger. It wasn't a real jungle. It was just—it was like suburbia. Mm. Yeah, look, it's 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 too big a question for me to answer. Okay, so on the back of that, if you were to create a story with the Phantom in World War Two or Vietnam, which Phantom would you use? Yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Duncan said the same thing. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> um, I think I think even Tony DuPaul said the same as well. Yeah. And that, I mean, a story that came out probably three or four years ago, 1945. You know, yeah. I was really keen to pick that up and see who's this going to be. Mm. Um, here, here's a little little thing for you. There's there's a lot of I haven't explicitly said it in the in the current story, but if you look at the the vehicles and the technology, and might not you might not be able to tell so much in the first instalment, but in the second and third, you'll see there's nothing in it which is modern. And I actually asked Shane to make sure that all the fashion and all the vehicles and all technology phones, cameras, that they were dated to the 1960s maximum. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I've kind of got my own little phantom universe going at the moment where, where the phantom... You know, his, his story with Diana was set in the 30s and the second story was set in the 40s. And now mm. this story where the kids are teenagers, it could be taken that it's in the 1960s. Yeah. Mm. All right. I'm looking at this page here, page 31, for those who have got the comic in front of yeah. me. Um, you've got the ships, you've got the trucks yeah. and, and stuff like that. It, it, almost, it almost feels like it's a, a Cold War. Yeah. You know, so but I'm, yeah, I'm not going to force that down anyone's throat. Yeah. So, like, you, you might read it that the Phantom and Diana had their kids and they've grown up and it's now the 60s, 1960s, and those kids are, you know, getting towards the age of being the Phantom and maybe in the 1970s one of them would become the Phantom, you know. But that this is... That's not an integral part of the story. Like, yeah. it's, it's just something maybe to ponder about. You know, when is this story set? You know, mm. is this phantom still alive now? But do, you th do you think that's part of the problem that we have is that every creator, and this is not having a go at you, no, but every funny. creator has an opinion of where the phantom is set like you're yeah. you're you're thinking okay so this is the 1960s you know tony DePaul's same age kids as what you've got what you've got is definitely modern because they're yeah. you know heloise is fighting the nomad in a you know in a golf stream jet and yeah um you know very heloise is very active on a mobile phone and you know and, and all that type of stuff so do you think that is a problem that we have where creators are, and I will use your words, I hope you don't mind, but creating their own little universes? Yeah. Um, no, I don't, I don't think it's a problem, although I do, I do get a bit annoyed 
when like like I've I've tried not to push that on people. Like mm. that, that's that's you might just look at the, the the cars in in that town and think, oh, they've got old cars, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what I did. Yeah. To be honest, I looked at it and I thought, well, you know, this guy's obviously, you know, you're looking at him, he's not well dressed, he's probably yep. driving an older you know, yeah. you go to some, I don't want to use the word backward places, yeah. but they, you know, they do drive around yeah. those type of older cars. Like, you know, um, I've got friends that have gone to North Korea, for example. They're all still using Cold War yeah. transport. So uh, where I find it difficult is when a story is really tied to a time because of an event yeah like world war ii or like vietnam or something like that because that's when i get a bit boggled down and think oh what you know who is this phantom yeah which phantom um, is like that? the 1940s story or... yeah 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 and and you know like it's just making our phantom older and older and older and if he's if he's a contemporary phantom then maybe you know is he is he still the 21st or is he you know now like the 24th because mm. We're making his father really, really old, or his father really. We're really stretching, old. yeah, and, and and that's where we talked about before. We almost need a, we almost need just that, that moment where it's like, okay, boom, now we're into the twenty second phantom. Yeah. So then we can go, okay. So the twenty first phantom was twenty twenty two to, I don't know. Swore it in 1980 or 1985 yeah. or something, and then we can kind of move every other phantom, yeah, do their that. Period, that that'll drive me bananas as well. That, that approach will or... drive me absolutely bananas because if we now have a different phantom in the 30s, well, to me, like the 21st phantom <laughs> is the 1930s, yeah, exactly. And yeah, and 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 Fork set it up with the uh, with the phantom goes to war or the inexorables. Um, you know, the the 21st fandom was well and truly in World War Two, mm. so yeah, it, I, I I don't know. This is this is one of those. I'm starting. Maybe I'm starting to get old enough to go. It's just comics, guys. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> set it wherever and and don't stress too much about it. We've been here for almost two hours. Uh, you know, why are you still with us if it's just comics? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's exactly true. It's something that we shouldn't spend too much time thinking about. You know, in, enjoy the stories as they come out. But I, you know, it, it does it does bug me a bit when you get a story where the Phantom was a child during World War Two, like yeah. like Eden, for example, in the story Eden that shows him um, as as a boy growing up with Archie, and Archie was killed by Nazi soldiers, and then mm. we see our Phantom fighting. The, J the Japanese, yeah, and we see you know a phantom in Vietnam, and 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 then we see a story called 1945, and it's not our phantom. The it's just all over the place. Yeah. Um, mm. So yeah, I I would personally I would stay away from putting the phantom in in, in a specific in a world specific time. Yeah, um, and you know, and if I get an idea for a World War Two story, I don't know what I'd do with it. I, I, I probably <laughs> I, I would avoid it in the first place. I'd, I'd go back to, to, you know, previous conflicts and previous things like the European stories. But and even yeah. they're going to become outdated and wrong. Like, if we've still got the 21st Phantom in 100 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, we say, you know, 400 years ago, but is it 400 years ago now or is it 500 mm. years ago? Almost 500, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. 
All right, I think we'll we'll sit on that one. We're not going to solve that problem or world peace in in this podcast. Uh, mm. But some very deep uh, thoughts. If you're a listener and you're shouting at the podcast, shouting at YouTube, make sure you you leave us some comments. Um, yeah. We're on social media. Hang on, I'm going to sneeze. Let me get rid yeah. of that. <laughs> so make and, sure you leave some comments and uh, let us know if you agree talk. with. Just talk. It's just, yeah, just a couple of guys us... talking about a cartoon character. Yeah. <laughs> let us know if you agree with Matt, Dan, or myself, or, or think we're off our, you know, we've gone off the deep end or something like that. Give us your thoughts. We love that. Now we'll have a couple of fun ones, I think, uh, as, as we wrap up. I should say, first of all, um, I heard I've heard some news um, about uh, upcoming guests in um, in some conventions. Did you want to tell us a bit about that briefly? Yeah, yeah, I'm very very happy. Um, I'm going to be a guest at um, the Melbourne Oz Comic Con, which is coming up. Um, I can't remember the dates off the top of my head, but that's keep your eyes posted for that. Uh, I'm also going to be heading to Sydney for Sydney Supernova. And um, I'm, I think I might be, hasn't been confirmed, but I'm looking at going to um, Adelaide as well um, for uh, Supernova. Nice. So you're going to come to the dinner? The Lee Fork Memorial Explorers? I, I haven't dinner? actually, yeah, haven't, haven't, it's, it's, haven't thought about it. It's the same time, is it? Yeah, yeah, same weekend. Um, and then a group of us all hang out on the Friday night before and, and stuff oh, yeah. like that, so... Well, after some of the comments I've said tonight, I don't know if I'll be safe. <laughs> I turn up there. Um, so, Duncan's going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Well, he'll, he'll, he'll take it under his wing, mate. You'll be he, right. He'll, he'll be doing TikTok videos in his uh, oh, phantom yeah. costume. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yeah if, if, he'll, if he'll shield me, I'll be fine. <laughs> now, so while we're talking about Australia, obviously we are proud Australians. Um, we love when the phantom comes to Australia. Have you got any uh, phantom Australia stories in you? Uh, um, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I, yeah, I, I love it when the phantom, you know, went to Australia. And, um, yeah, one of the things that I, I was drawn to the phantom in those early days is that he was a real globe trotter. Mm. So, yeah, I'd love to see him come back to Australia and have some, some adventures. I don't, I don't have one. But I'm sure someone will. All right. And now you've listened to a lot of our podcasts. Um, yeah. First of all, sorry for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we wanted to give you the chance to, is there anything that we've said on a past podcast that you're just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they've gone there, whether it's reviewing one of your stories or when it's uh, Stephen sitting on the fence or me saying something silly or, or you no, know, Dan just no. agree, disagreeing with me for the sake of disagreeing with me, this is your chance. you got, you got the floor for, I don't know, a minute or two where you've got your chance to, to have your right of say about something we might have said in the past. No, no, look, there, there's a reason I keep coming back, a reason why I keep watching you guys and listening to you and I get excited when the new video is out, you know, when each time. Um, because I, I love, you know, I love all things Phantom and I love the different opinions you have and, you know, sitting on the fence about these things. 
none of it really matters, you know. It's <laughs> it's just different opinions on on a character we all love so much. So yeah, I love seeing what you guys think about um, everyone's stories, you know, whether it's mine or Duncan's or Jason Force or Glenn Lumsden or whoever, you know, I'm always keen to get your opinions and sometimes it changes my perspectives on stories. If there's a story which I haven't really liked like, and one of you guys are excited about it, you know, I, I look back at it and think, oh, yeah, you know, I like that aspect. And I like when you guys are critical um, because I think it's, there's no point just saying everything's great, everything's great. I like that, you know, you guys are real fans and you know your stuff and so you can nitpick. You know, I, I hope you that do that with mine. I, I don't want you guys to, to think, you know, I'll be offended if, if you pick things apart. Um, it would make me a better writer. It would make anyone a better writer to have, have a good um, critique. Mm. That sounds like it's a fluff. Glad, um, um, glad you said that, man, because I've yeah. got some points I'd, raise, I'd like to raise with you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, it's funny that Jim would give you a, 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 a time on our podcast because I think you, you would certainly be in our top five or six um, most contributors to uh, the Chronicle Chamber or the X-Band podcast. You've, you've hosted uh, more to yourself than any of us, I think. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, you know, what, what I'd really love to see is that you um, you do get um, local creators involved. You know, I, I had the time of my life doing a few videos for you, but I'd love to see, you know, like Shane or, or Glenn or Jason or Jamie Johnson or um, Jeremy, you know, I'd love to see them on a bit more talking about their favourite stories, you know, because um, I'm... I, me, I find that fascinating. I, I really love to know when people got into the Phantom, what stories it was, what stories they um, um, don't like. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by that stuff as well. I'd love to see that. No, well, there's some uh, good food for thought for future podcasts. We're always trying to think of new things to do on the podcast because um, sometimes uh, we kind of sit on our chat and we're all scratching our heads. So um, I appreciate uh, a couple of ideas. Um, Dan, anything you want to ask or, or, or say before know, we just, wrap up? Just to, just to say thanks for your time, Matt. I know that um, uh, we, we've scrambled together on a Friday night to, to have a chat and I really appreciate the, the time to get to have a bit more of an in-depth chat with you and, uh, yeah, just thanks for all you're doing and uh, enjoying the, the issue with Heloise um, saga as it's unfolding and can't wait for issue two or part two. Go, go Team Lara. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> there's, there's an edit point. Um, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll edit a bit where you say Alicia and put that over the top. So, um, <laughs> um, But no, in all seriousness, Matt, I uh, really appreciate uh, you joining us, uh, giving us some insight, um, giving us all a bit of uh, input. Um, hopefully the fans and the listeners have enjoyed it as well. Hopefully they've enjoyed the first part, which is in this issue uh second part and will will be not won't, yeah, it won't be the next one after. Hopefully the one after that yeah, yeah so you only have to wait maybe a couple uh, a couple more weeks uh so hopefully all the fans have uh enjoyed that hopefully you enjoy the the next parts as well um if you've got feedback please you can leave comments on youtube uh, there's a few of you that do that uh we do read all of the feedback uh there's a few creators including tony and and matt 
that comment and stuff like that as well. So it's uh, good to see some um, fan and creator engagement as well. Uh, we're on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Soon, uh, TikTok, once uh, Duncan gets a few more videos uh, recorded. Um, we're on our website, which is chroniclechamber.com, our email, which is chroniclechamber at gmail.com. Uh, and you can subscribe to us via YouTube or your various podcast apps. Uh, from myself, thank you, everyone. Uh, stay safe. And until next time, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, folks. Injustice and cruelty, and all my sons will follow me. So evil doers will believe that this man cannot die. The man come, the ghost who walks. The man come, enemies beware. The phantom's always there, but you won't find the phantom. He finds.